Welcome into season number two of The Balancing Act, a podcast focused on leadership, management, and so, so much more. We are here with Dr. Andrew Tempty, President and Global Head of Corporate Learning, and of course, author of The Balancing Act. If you have not yet purchased, feel free to head on over to Amazon, check out your local bookstores to purchase a copy. Uh, we do have season one that is available uh, to you. You can go back and listen. Not necessarily must listen for what we're going to discuss here, but it is a good uh, starting point for what we are discussing and a good uh, way to scaffold, if you will, as we go forward. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. It's always uh, su such a pleasure to talk to you. Good to be here as well. And uh, I left off the tagline for your book when introducing it because I wanted to ask you a question about it. We're going to talk about mentorship here. Uh, it's a, a hot topic of sorts out there in corporate learning and corporate management. Uh, different people have different definitions and, and different ways of going about it. But the tagline of the book is teach, coach, mentor, inspire. We talked about it last season. We talked about it on live stream, celebrating your book. Can you discuss a little bit why you chose that tagline and what exactly those terms mean to you in the sense of the book and, and beyond? Yeah. So when we, uh, at, at Kaplan Professional, when we uh, started our journey uh, in continuous improvement and organizational health, uh, the, 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 the senior leadership team was sitting around the table with uh, with, with, a, with a consultant that was helping us get our continuous improvement journey off the ground. And uh, this, this tagline kind of just formed from that, uh, from that session. We were, we were talking about what are the things that are most important to us as leaders. And uh, you know we're, we're all educators sitting around the table. So what, what better place to start than to, than, than to teach? I mean, that's what we, we as Kaplan are all about, and certainly uh, Kaplan Professional uh, was, all, was all about. Uh, and then the concept of coaching uh, and guiding our team members uh, came in, and then mentorship, which are these longer-term relationships, and then the, the, the lightning rod of, of inspiration that you really can't plan for, uh, but, uh, but you at least want to keep top of mind. Uh, also, also came into the mix. So that tagline, teach, coach, mentor, and inspire, became part of our standard work as uh, as we defined it as as leaders at Kaplan Professional. That makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think of a couple of different things there. We do have the Kaplan Performance Academy, uh, where there are specific uh, coaches who are international and and allow for their students and and their users to get very dedicated and specific coaching mentoring. I'm sure they inspire in their teaching as well. Uh, and it reminds me of Brewer Saxberg, who is a colleague, uh, a former colleague of ours, uh, who is now at the Chan Zuckerberg Institute. I believe he's still there, uh, who talked always about teaching and coaching being one and the same. The, the, the great teachers are coaching along the way, are inspiring, are giving those speeches, or maybe, you know, a little tough love here and there. And he always did a great job of describing how those things work together. And I think it fits right into this mantra, not surprising for a very smart person. You know, all, all of you over at KP, very smart as well. So it all comes together, but let's dive you know, specifically into the mentor mentorship aspect here. Um, I think it's a word that sometimes gets misused and sometimes gets attributed in ways that maybe aren't quite what is intended. Why do you think mentorship relationships are so actually rare, uh, both in work and outside of work? Yeah, me mentorship uh, is not manufactured. 
I, I think that's the best way that that I can that I can describe it, and and so uh, people feel uh, like they're in search of uh, of a mentor, and really only realize that they had a mentorship relationship uh, sometimes years in into the future. Right. Oh yeah, uh, and the same thing has happened to me. Uh, my I consider my ninth grade wrestling coach as a mentor of mine, sure. um, he's probably not even aware uh, that I view that relationship as a, as a true mentorship relationship. Uh, and the reason that I view that uh, relationship with Mike Marsh uh, is his name, uh, is that he was able to take me from a place uh, a, a version of myself that existed before. And then there was a version of myself that existed after. I love that. Uh, yeah. We, you know, he was certainly my coach, uh, but he was more than that. He spent, uh, it felt special. He spent time with me. He invested time in me that, you know, again, he might have just been going through his regular motions, uh, and to him, it might have been a student coaching relationship. But to me, there was this extra layer of, of care and, and attention and especially feedback that really helped open my mind and my physical body, because he was a wrestling coach, obviously, right. uh, to, 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 to things that, that, I, that, I, that, I, that I couldn't or maybe wouldn't consider before. Uh, so, you know, this, this concept of mentorship is uh, I, the problem that I'm having in the current environment is uh, everything seems so manufactured and forced. And if we, if you fast forward from those manufactured and forced relationships, I would venture to guess that many of them really don't fit in right. this, in this category of mentorship where relationship is, is key. That makes so much sense and is fascinating to be quite honest of thinking that for an individual, you could feel you were mentored, but that other person doesn't even recognize that as the yeah. key. I, I think back similarly to high school and you know even college professors who maybe invested just because one, they were a good person. Uh, they also saw it as their job, right? They saw it as their, their career to do these things. But for me, I got a lot more out of it than that. Another colleague, Tarlin Ray, who uh, has moved on from Kaplan as well, I saw as a friend forever. You know, he's a good friend of mine. And then as I thought more and more about our relationship, no, he's my Yoda. Like he, he's, he's the one leading me through and, make, and asking the questions. He's not giving me the answers. And that's what I think a lot of people look at mentorship as, hey, teach me how to do what you do or teach me, you know, get me to where you are. But it's much more about introspection, right? Much more about uh, getting out of and your own way to an extent and learning more about yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, my, my relationship with, uh, with Mike was, uh, was, was very much like that. And, and I really only have, I can count the number of true mentors right. that I've had. If I, I take my parents out of the equation, they fit on this hand. Uh, and to just to punch the point of the, of the duration and the relationship nature, 
after uh, after I, I was sending signed copies of my of my book out to friends, family, former colleagues, uh, and 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 I got a phone call from uh, from a guy that. Uh, that I that I worked with that I I felt very highly uh, of uh, for a long period of time. I never felt like I was uh, was a mentor to him, but he was like, "Wow, I've got a book from my and it's signed from my mentor." And I was just like, "Okay, that's <laughs> that is fantastic." I never knew that we were in that relationship, but I'm you know, in again in retrospect. It was so satisfying to know that I'd made that kind of outsized impact yep. on, on another human being. Yeah, absolutely, and and good on you. Uh, but it is also fine. Uh, my uncle is very much, I think, similar way where so many people look to him in that light, and he he doesn't remember their names. Like he's like, I yeah. don't remember crossing <laughs> paths with, but great, I, it's great they love me. Um, but it is as you talk about relationships and you talk about the forced nature of mentorship programs in businesses, in the corporate world, that seems like almost a recipe for disaster, to be quite honest, that that we're forcing these, one, the expectations on the senior person, the mentor and the mentee, like what they're supposed to get out of it. What what do you think that, that drives outcomes here? Do they have a, a negative effect? Can they have a negative effect? And how do you see it uh, for what both parties expect in these forced mentorship programs? Yeah, I think calling them mentorship programs within corporations really does the term disservice. And, uh, and we should just call them what they are, which are they are coaching relationships uh, w- w- within corporations. And then uh, to go a step further with the challenges uh, of those types of programs, is that uh, typically, I, I've seen this play out on a number of occasions where we say, okay, we're going to attach senior leaders to, uh, to, to junior uh, folks. And mo- most often those are quote unquote high potentials, right. uh, which forces uh, a bunch of bias and is not inclusive and does not promote diversity typically, although, although they can. Uh, but the, 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 the mentors slash coaches are typically not provided the kind, the kind of training right. that they really need to be effective coaches. Uh, and, the, uh, and the recipient is given the false expectation that this individual is going to really tuck uh, me under their wing. Right. And uh, and help take me to that next best version of myself. So there's a there's a expectations uh, disconnect and a whole bunch of disappointment that comes because uh, what is really a coaching engagement and not a very good one at that because we haven't really trained uh, the coach to in in the skills of coaching. There are specific coaching skills yep. uh, that are out there. You can get certified as a coach, um, but you can't get certified as a mentor. So that I think that's an interesting uh, little uh, nuance uh, be- between the two, and and so. To call those things uh, mentorship programs within companies, I, I think, uh, does really everybody a disservice, and we sh- should call them what they are. I, I think that's a great point, and you put the, the the 
point out there before the relationship matters, right? And not just like, I am a senior executive and here's a junior executive relationship, but the actual connection between two people is a large part of this equation. And when you force it and you don't coach the coaches on how to properly engage, it makes a lot of sense that there is, uh, they're ripe for failure, or at least not meeting the expectations, right? They're not going to live up to what a mentor and mentorship really should be. So what's your advice for the next generation of leaders in, in the corporate world, in, in the world writ large, right? Uh, how should they be actively seeking out mentors or should they be waiting for one to find them? Yeah, I, I think, so I'll tell, tell a little story. Uh, this is probably four, four or five years ago. I got uh, an email from an acquaintance that, uh, um, you know, is, uh, he's a great guy. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head to your previous, yep. uh, to your previous point. Uh, he said, Andy, I, my, uh, my, the educational institution that I work for, uh, has this new program called the called the, the the some mentorship program, and I've been told, as part of my job, to go out and seek a mentor. Will you please be my mentor? And I'm like, uh, I I I'd be happy to have lunch with you. Uh, I'm happy to explore the the, the potential. Uh, and so we we had a nice we had a nice lunch at uh, my then favorite uh, sandwich sandwich place, uh, and we proceeded the next month to have another lunch. Right. But then, uh, and I I gave him some advice, some some solid coaching, I think. But then I never got a call. I never got a call back from him. Uh, maybe my advice uh, fell on deaf ears. Maybe he didn't. Ended, ended up uh, realizing he didn't like me, <laughs> hence the relationship didn't click for yep. him. Uh, but but it was just a data point in this, in, in what I've seen over and over again, that when you're, especially when you're asked by your company to go out and seek a mentor, your first question should be, why? <laughs> yep. why, am I, why am I doing this? And why won't coaching solve the the, the, cur the current challenge or opportunity that the company is trying to drive? Uh, because to and these these are these are Andy Tempty's posi uh, positions and uh, and thoughts. But I I really believe strongly that trying to force uh, mentorship relationships. Uh, only very few of them are really going to to kind of spawn into these long-term productive uh, productive relationships. It does, and this is a little bit flip for me, but it does sound a bit like dating. So you're, you're trying to find the connection. You're trying to find that. And to your point, um, you know, maybe even somewhat like dating, you don't know the good one until they're already gone. And so you don't see the impact they have on you. You don't understand what they're, they're doing for you. And so is it just introducing great people into your life? Is it just seeking out connections with people and then seeing where it goes? Yeah, my, um, my, one of my strongest mentors is Carl Swayzer, the right. guy that we built the CFA study business uh, together. And you know you spend that much time, uh, you know, close time with, with an individual, uh, you're going to develop 
some kind of uh, strong relationship, either positive or negative, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, the famous quote uh, that uh, that Carl gave me, and he, you know, again, he probably didn't mean this to stick with me right. like it did, uh, but he said, Andy, if you're if you're not moving, you're standing still. Now, listeners might be going, well, Andy, that's the dumbest uh, quote that I've ever heard. But if you think about it for a little while, uh, what, what Carl means by that is you've always got to be moving and shaking. You've always got to be pressing on the edge of this bubble or this box. Uh, if, if you're on your couch all night watching Netflix, that, that's what you're going to get are the opinions of, uh, of, of a whole bunch of other people. And you're going to be influenced by uh, very passively uh, by, by, your, by the environment that you create for yourself. But if you're out there, again, uh, test uh, continually moving, then interesting things are going to happen. You don't know what they are, right? Uh, and, but but you, are, you are going to create opportunity and, and challenge for yourself. And you will find mentors uh, along the way in, in that journey. But if you're just sitting back right. and waiting for a mentor to come to you, you will wait a very, very long time. There's got to be an app for it somewhere. I mean, no, I'm kidding. Um, as you know, as you're talking and you said the if you're not moving, uh, standing still, I also appreciate that it's not saying moving forward, right? It's not always about pushing forward. It, there there are peripheral things happening to your sides and like maybe taking a step back, looking at things differently. There are ways to apply that quote. When I first heard it, I, I had the moment of, well, yeah, of course, of course that's right. But I do think there's a lot of ways to, to think through that. Now, we've talked about what the junior managers should be doing what about the the season leaders out there what about the ones who could be giving back being a mentor what about yourself you know how you approach uh being a mentor you've already talked about it a little bit um we don't have to talk about how seasoned you are um whether we're going you know beef or chicken here but i i think said, <laughs> well i'm right there with you um my, my three daughters do it to me but um so what how what's the approach what's the approach for those who do have the ability to mentor, who do have the, the knowledge and the wisdom to impart, uh, how would you advise them moving forward? Yeah, I, I think it is this mindset that we talk about that your people are your most valuable asset, right? right? And then uh, right alongside of that, uh, be thinking about diversity and inclusion. Uh, not necessarily diversity and inclusion from uh, a strict demographic perspective, but having your arms wide and, re and recognizing where each of your people, where they are at, and attempting to meet them on their playing field where they are and not expect them to come to your, your playing field. Uh, active listening is is key is key to that, 
But once you, and we're going to, in our next episode, we're going to talk about stewardship and these two concepts are going to overlap a little bit here. But once you start thinking about your people as your most valuable asset, and you combine that with the inclusion across your team and meet them again where they are, you'll be pleasantly surprised at uh, at, at A, how trust in your team uh, members uh, in, increases, uh, the, or the health of the team will increase, and you'll find that you're not just paying attention to the high potentials in your orbit, which is, that's why I bring diversity and inclusion into the equation here, yep. but you're, you're paying attention to everybody. And everybody can, and your people will see that when you open your arms wider and uh, not in a creepy way, put your, you know, put your arms around your entire team and try to lift everyone up. Uh, Your, your people will see that your high potentials included. I know I opened uh, the episode by saying you don't necessarily need to listen to season one to dig in here and you don't, but there's a lot in season one about ego and about empathy and about things that managers can focus on that I think really drive home the idea of those open arms uh, and being available to people, uh, being somewhat vulnerable in that light uh, as a leader and as a senior executive. So season two, off to a good start here, talking about mentorship. Uh, As Andy said, next episode, we're going to talk to uh, stewardship and we'll talk through that on episode two. More to come throughout the season. We have some guests lined up. You're going to want to hear from them, some great leaders out there in the corporate space to talk through uh, with Andy these topics and really drill down to help you become a better manager, better parent, better author, whatever it might be. Uh, I really think you can apply Andy's book and what we talk about here to many facets of life. So yet again, don't forget the Balancing Act is available. Uh, Amazon clearly has it, but also across uh, any other bookstores out there as well. We'll be back with a new episode of The Balancing Act soon. 